You've come to hear what Psyche says. I'm Dr. Stephanie Vaughn, a licensed clinical psychologist. And I'm Sarah Kamita, a licensed professional counselor. We're just a couple of therapists without a target audience for this podcast. But hope it can be of some help to someone somewhere. Welcome, everyone, to our podcast. Dr. Vaughn and I have a special guest with us today. Um, she's one of our beloved Psyche clinicians named Brenna O'Brien. Um, and we brought her here today because she is an amazing parent coach and she also runs our parent group that we, um, that we hold every week for our parents. And so we thought it'd be helpful for our listeners to, um, get maybe some tips and tricks on parenting during quarantine and this new situation that we're in currently. So welcome, Brenna. Yes, welcome, Brenna. We would like to hear from you about um, what, like a little bit about your background, though, before you jump in, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. A little bit about me. I am a licensed clinical social worker, and I started my career out working in a hospital setting. So I worked at a behavioral health hospital for about six years, um, working with um, adults on the dual diagnosis unit as well as um, other units. Um, I then spent the latter part of my career working at a residential substance use treatment center. And now I get to do what has been my ultimate goal, which is working with families and, and adolescents and improving their, just their daily family life. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, so if you could just jump in, one of the things that I'm really interested in um, is how parents are coping at home right now. I mean, there are a variety of different issues that parents have to deal with um, that, you know, for me, for example, I've got my kids are grown. Um, I don't have to deal with a lot of the issues that parents of younger kids have to deal with. Um, and then you've got different issues for kids that are like Sarah's son. You know, he's he's little man. And then you've got toddlers um, and you've got elementary school, going up to middle school, totally different issues um, than high school and college kids. So I know you've got a, a few parents that you've worked with during this time. What are they struggling with? Yeah, so it, really, I think the biggest struggle that we're seeing with families right now is all of this extra time. Um, and this question of what do I do with all of this extra time? And, you know, what should I be expecting of my child or adolescent in all of this uncertainty? I think there's a fear there of, well, I can't put too much expectation on them. I can't um, ask for a lot of structure because this has really disrupted their life in so many ways, and it's disrupted our life in so many ways. And um, I am scared to try something that's going to throw everyone off even further. So I think that that's really the biggest thing. What do we do with all of this extra time? Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's interesting how you pair up asking for structure with asking too much, because to me. You know, when I think about incorporating structured activities, it's almost like asking less. 
because there isn't the creativity isn't really involved and creativity requires so much energy whereas structure is you just go through the motions right it's like okay you get up at this time you do this thing that's structured versus you know the more open creative to me that's asking a lot so can you talk more about maybe some of the things that you've recommended that parents have trouble implementing yeah, and I love what you, you know, mentioning this, uh, creativity and, and curiosity, um, you know, that comes with implementing structure. So we know that adolescents really at the end of the day, they want consistency. They want structure. They want to know, you know, exactly what is expected of them. They want this guideline that's clear, that's measurable. Because at the end of the day, like you said, that's what's going to clear up the space for them to be kids, to be able to be curious and to be creative. Um, so the first thing really that I'm doing with families is asking them to put together a daily structure um, that keeps two things in mind. One, their family values. And two, um, their daily expectations. What do you want to see from your child that helps them to feel like they're part of the family unit and that they're contributing to the family? What are things that your child hopes to achieve? Um, maybe they, you know, want to learn how to play the guitar. Maybe they love art. You know, what are some of the things that they want to achieve that's going to make them feel really great at the end of the day? So setting up um, a daily schedule with each family. And I like to be creative with these because no, you know, no family is exactly the same and we all have different values. So, you know, some of the things, well, there are a few things that I'm including in, in all of the schedules or asking parents to include, and that's a standard wake up time and a standard go to bed time, a standard turn in your electronics time. Um, and then a time for meals. You know, I hear a lot of moms saying, gosh, this kitchen is constantly open and they're, plates are everywhere and there's snack wrappers everywhere. And so we have open kitchen times that we set up. It's um, a good idea. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been really helpful. And it, it sounds so simple, but moms are like, oh, I can do that. It's like, yeah, you can close the pantry and say kitchen is closed. No more. But we're also doing things like chore time. Um, study time, you know, some, some kids are doing classes online still, especially college students. Um, outside time is a big one, you know, really, uh, enforcing this. You have to get outside. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, play a sport, go for a walk, walk the dog. It doesn't matter. Get outside, get some fresh air, get away from the screen. Um, and then, one of my favorite things that families are doing is they're establishing some family time. So whether they're doing a movie night where they make popcorn and they all watch a family movie together. Um, I had another family, their little girl loves to perform and, you know, she likes to, you know, show her parents the dance that she made up or, or whatever. So they developed at the end of every day, a shine time is what they're calling it, the shine time for her. And so when she gets everything done during the day, when she follows her schedule, you know, her kind of reward at the end of the day is she gets to do her shine time. Oh, that's so cool. It's a great way to, to kind of bring the family together and celebrate her. 
That's awesome. So going back to, I mean, these are all really great ideas and, um, you know, hearing especially the way that families are incorporating their values into it. I think that's cool. What, a, what about setting up structure is difficult for families? I think probably the biggest struggle that I'm seeing right now is when both parents work and they're working from home and they are questioning, how do I enforce this schedule without having to constantly be over my child or adolescent shoulder, making sure that they do this, that they implement this throughout their day. Um, and so that's probably the number one um, form of pushback that I get from my parents. Well, that's just not realistic. I can't do that. I'm working. Um, and, and that is a, a very realistic concern. Um, so one of the things that we do with that is I basically ask my parents, hey, I don't want you over your kid's shoulder all day long. You know, the point of this is to set this up so they know it's expected of them. And then at the end of the day, you know, there's a reward or there's a consequence that's particularly motivating for that child so that you don't have to stand there all day and make sure it's done. You know, if if they have followed um, the structure and what they're supposed to be doing, you know, great. Like they did it and here's the reward. If they didn't, great. Here's the consequence. Um in either way, that's their choice and that's their decision. Right. And so, as we all know, you know, there's only so many um, rewards that we can dole out at this point. But the phone is always um, our friend when it comes to, you know, using reinforcers. I mean, that is the great it's the sad and the great thing about the smartphone is that it's such a tool um, for reinforcement. So, you know, you obviously have got to take age into consideration, you know, the, the child's developmental level and their age into consideration when you're considering what to reward them with. I mean, even the little, little ones now are using, you know, the iPads. And, of course, we want to minimize the amount of time on those. Um, but you, you use what you've got. Um, I saw one video. I mean, I think it was a joke, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Um, but it was, it was basically a video of this parent who would dole out toilet paper, uh, according to, yeah, yeah, you could earn, you know, your toilet paper sheets based on your chores. And so, I mean, not to take it that far, but you know, desperate times, as we say, um, it's, but I also want to, um, you know, highlight the, the the point that you made about two working parents and how they're already stressed out. You know, they're already worried about finances and, you know, they're having to just keep the peace and quiet. I mean, even us doing this podcast, it's like I had to, you know, scold one of mine to, you know, get out of the area so I could do this. And, like, I get that. So, you know, the, the, the dialectic here is both keeping structure and being flexible enough to recognize that you are not going to succeed 100%. Like, it is not going to happen. And if you do, you know, I, I, I don't, 
something must be wrong. Something must be wrong at your house. If you're succeeding 100%, I, I just <laughs> go back and say there must be something wrong. Because, you know, what, what, what that means, succeeding 100%, I mean, if, it depends on how you define it. If you're saying it's we, we stick to our schedule, we get up at this time, we do this, we stop, we, sh- we shift to something else, we have our recreational time, we have our meditation time, we have our exercise time. I mean, that's, nobody, nobody needs to be that rigid. But if you define success as being, you know, we achieved, we, we achieved one thing today that was, um, recreational, um, nobody got into a fight or yelled at anyone, you know, then it's going to be a little easier to accomplish. So maybe shifting your expectations of yourself instead of shifting them for your kids. You know, that's, that's a great that, point. Yeah. You know, I w- I've been thinking a lot during this whole time just about like having grace for myself and just being a little easier overall remembering that like we're all in the same boat we're all it's like the playing field is leveled a bit you know we're all like just doing the best we can and things are are not the way that they were and so I think that's an awesome point is just almost like lowering expectations and setting these goals for yourself that are attainable and measurable I think would would be hopefully reinforcing to want to continue doing this. Yes, and it's lowering the expectation for yourself, I think, but not necessarily lowering them for your child. Um, You want to be attuned to what your kid is able, appears and seems able to tolerate, always going to the edge a little bit for them, you know, if you can. So, I mean, I, just as an example, I was, um, increasingly flexible with, uh, wake, waking time, you know, for my two. And my two were, you know, 19 years old. But, I, you know, I was like, all right, well, I mean, you, you guys know me. I'm always up early and I want them to be, and I'm all about sleep hygiene and stuff. But I was like, you know, on a skin, I don't know. I'm going to be a little more, you know, flexible. And, and it did not go well. Like, yeah. I mean, they love sleeping late. And my son in particular loves, you know, he loves sleeping late. But even he was like, you know, because we had a rough day one day. And he was like, you know, I think the problem was that um, you woke me up in the middle of basically like a sleep cycle. And had I gotten up the first time, because so I had woken him up early and then he was like negotiated with me about, you know, going back to sleep. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a little flexible. You know, I'm going to be flexible. And then it just didn't go well. And so it's like, yes, in the short term, it may be, it maybe feels good to be flexible and not expect so much of them. But then in the long run, it doesn't pay off. So just a little experimentation and see what works rather than thinking that it has to be a certain way. I think there's got to be an open-mindedness and a flexibility. And that bottom line basic things like sleep hygiene, like taking your medication, you know, that's great. We remembered the medication today, you know. We remembered to um, have a meal together. You know, we were able to do that, even if it's a sandwich, but we all sat down. And, you know, we talk together. Uh, it's a lot different than some of the expectations we might have before 
about, um, you know, at school, for example, I see parents online. I see people talking about struggling with, you know, the, the school expectations. If there's a place to lower expectations, I'm going to venture to say that is the place. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Uh, I saw some, I guess it was a meme or something online, basically telling parents to chill out because your kid is not going to be behind other kids because everyone is in the same place. Yeah. And so for the parents out there listening, just cut yourself and your kids a little bit of slack. It's not like they're on some, you know, vacation right now when everyone else is doing SAT prep and college admission stuff. Everyone is in the same boat. And so it's okay. It's okay to just back off a little bit with that. And what they're learning, I mean, I wish parents could really understand this. Like what they're learning and what we're learning now is so much more valuable than anything you could get out of a book or a lesson, that is, you know, a didactic lesson. I mean, this is real, you know, like mine are learning um, even fractions in a way that they never really had to learn, you know, and like, uh, because we're weighing stuff, you know, for cooking and, and divvying it up. And um, like whenever we were weighing all of that uh, cornmeal that we were distributing to everybody, it's like they got to see what different amounts of, um, you know, substances look like. And it was just really cool. So what they're learning now in real life is so much more valuable than some of the crap that they would be learning because the state said that they needed to be learning it. And uh, the amount of time that you get to spend together, uh, you know, you you don't get that back. I say that all the time. You don't get that back, and it's important. Yeah, that's one of the things that has been so much fun for me is kind of walking alongside families as they experience kind of this combination of both struggle but beauty in all of this, you know, forcing that this taking a closer look at how are we spending our time and how are we spending our money and and does this line up with our values and um, how can we reevaluate our daily lives to match more of, of how we want our days to look. You know, for a lot of parents, they're realizing, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I spend so much time working. Um, and so, you know, they're getting this family time that you're talking about and realizing this is, this is what we've been missing as a family. And I want to do more of this, you know, even when, when things kind of shift back towards, you know, more of the, the norm. Um, so that's been a really, really fun thing for, for me to watch. Brenna, here's a question. Have you found that working with parents like over the past month, month and a half, have you seen issues getting worse? Like with all of the, the new pressure and different, environment that we're in or have you seen things getting better or staying the same what's been your overall take on everyone like the status I think initially um you know we saw a few behavioral issues kind of come to a head and and get a little bit worse um but overall I would I would say you know I've seen a decrease in struggle with the families I think you know, a lot of the anxiety that kids have around schoolwork and performance um, and, and that type of expectation maybe that comes with comparisons um, at school, you know, some of those things, they're not having to face all day, every day, and it's decreasing their anxiety. And again, 
they are getting outside more. And I think, you know, that's always going to help with, with mood and having an outlet for anxiety or depression or whatever it is. Um, so I would say surprisingly, it's been overall pretty positive. You know, yeah, I, I can see that in the families that I'm working with. And, and I would say surprisingly and also not so surprisingly, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of families with two very busy parents that are not home a lot, you know, there's, there's a missing link with the connection between parents and kids. And although they may say that they don't want to spend more time with the family doing quality things, I think the, the proof is in the pudding that things do get better and smooth out when, like, we're together more, spending more time, which is one thing I really hope, at least for my family, that we continue to do once we are not forced to be home together. Yeah. One of the great things I saw from a family is, um, as an adolescent female in her senior year. And she, of course, was looking forward to her senior prom, which she was unable to do. So of course they had, had appointments for hair and nail and all these things that they couldn't go do. So mom and daughter did her hair and makeup together and got her ready and took the prom pictures on the porch and, you know, did something special for her, which is great. I had another mom who um, made little plastic Ziploc bags and listed um, items to find outside for a family scavenger hunt. And the whole family went out and did it, even though they had, you know, a varying age range of children in their home and had a great time. So yeah, we're spending time together in a way that, um, maybe we wouldn't consider doing prior. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's important that we, you know, we're not trying to like put a spin on it. We're not trying to say that, you know, parents don't need to work. I mean, we're three, you know, working women here. So it's not like we're trying to say that, you know, pe- people should be staying at home. Women should be staying at home or one parent should stay at home or whatever. Um, I think we're just having to take a look at, you know, what's important and and like what actually works. And so I don't know that, you know, we know we don't have the formula for what works, but this is not something that we, like you said, Sarah, it's not something we're surprised about necessarily because the things that we had on the parent report card, what we call the parent report card or kind of a checklist of, you know, am I doing the following things um, that have been, that we've all sort of seen have been beneficial for adolescents who struggle with mood disorders, you know, for the parents. Am I doing these things? Am I um, giving my kid chores? Am I, um, is my kid getting outside? And when we say outside also, I want to add in that I, you know, recognizing that everyone cannot go outside. I mean, I'm thinking about my people in Boston who are, you know, right up next to each other. You can't just go outside and like you can here in, you know, Tennessee where there's a little more room um, and acreage and stuff, but they can walk outside and, you know, just get the sun on your face or stick your head out the window or something. Um, but we're not surprised that these things work so much as um, surprised that we can st- I think for me, it's like surprised that you can still operate as efficiently or get, you know, things done even when um, you're incorporating all of this other stuff in. 
even though you're spending more time um, together or a little more downtime, that you can still accomplish stuff. You could still get stuff done. Um, and, and I think it, the, the guilt, you know, I, Sarah, I told you this at one point when you were about, you were about to have your kid. I said, well, when you have a kid, uh, the, the thing that you're born with besides a kid is guilt. You know, the thing that you get handed to you is guilt. And so parents feel guilty for spending uh, not enough time and parents feel guilty for spending too much time because you get to spend too much time with your kid and you feel bad for not spending time in your um, work life or your social life or your, you know, with other family members or whatever. And then, so it's like guilt all around. So letting go of guilt, I think, is just super important for everyone during this whole um, experience. It's surprising how much guilt uh, that I think people can experience just in, with all of the imagining that we do, all the stories that we tell ourselves about what's going on outside. If it's just like, Sarah, you were saying, oh, well, my kid's getting behind. I mean, that requires an active imagination about, you know, what everybody else is doing. I mean, and I, I'm aware of my thoughts about stuff like that. And I surprise myself about like, I imagine there's all these, you know, there's all these people who are, you know, doing all this exercising and they're going to come out of quarantine and they're going to be, you know, whatever. Or there are all these people who are right now sitting there writing the, writing their manifesto and they're going to publish it. And, you know, it's just like all of these stories that we come up with that pull away, pull us away from the opportunity that we have right now, you know, and I mean, I don't know if it's too soon, um, but when my daughter and I were walking, we, we were doing a little walk outside and I said, you know, we were complaining about something and I said, you know what? I said, we're going to look back on this at some point and we're going to say, we're going to laugh and we're going to say, man, I wish we had a quarantine again, you know, <laughs> because the, it is really an opportunity to let go of some of that guilt because you can't get as much accomplished as, you know, you could before in, in on some things, but you can accomplish other things and values. You can really hit some of these you know, values with family or even if you're by yourself, you know, you can accomplish, you can hit some of these values that you have about, um, you know, like learning to play the guitar. I don't know what value that would be. I guess like self-development or being artistic or something, but you can really hone in on those values. Yeah. And one of the things that I love about the parent group that I get to host every week is giving parents the space to have these realizations together, right? Of I am not going to be perfect during all of this. And oh my goodness, you're experiencing this as well. And just seeing the relief that kind of comes over them in those moments of I'm not alone in this um, it is really great. And yeah, I do a lot of cheerleading with the parents. Like, you know, you've got this, you're doing a great job and, you know, celebrating the small wins that they have throughout their days. Sometimes parents need to hear that, you know, like no one's there to tell parents they're doing a good job. And so I'm sure they really appreciate and value you showing up every week for them and just being that support and giving them tools and tips along the way. But I, I'm sure like the support network of your group is really, really helping them through this time. 
I think so. And I, and I hope that that, you know, I hope that's the case. That's, that's the goal is for parents to feel like, Hey, I have a safe place and, um, I have, you know, peers of my own that I can turn to and in times of unknown and uncertainty. And I, I think the other thing that we need to make sure to touch on is when parents are struggling emotionally, um, because they will and they do, and that's okay. Um, I, th- I think I told the story about um, I had me a little mini meltdown when we were moving stuff out of the office. You know, where and I, I'm not one to cry a lot in front of um, anybody, really. But I, I did. I, I broke. You know, I, as you say, as one will say, broke down, which means I just started crying and. And I, and I let that happen. I wasn't going to not. And my son was there. And I don't know if he's seen that before, but he looked a little, you know, like, oh, shit, you know, what, what is happening here? And so I kind of laughed a little to myself at the same time. And I was like, you know, it's okay. It's okay to cry. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm like losing it or anything. And he was like, yeah, 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 I know. You know, but you could tell it's like, Oh wow, this is a new new world, and and that's important for kids to be able to see. No matter you know the age, it's like it's okay for them to see that you aren't you know made of stone. You can still be you know in charge and a, a safe person, um, and for them to count on while you also have emotions. Not looking at that as being. Um, a weakness or whatever. It's just like sometimes that sometimes that happens, and and that means you're a normal person. So when parents struggle emotionally, um, not looking at it as a failure on their part or that they're somehow doing wrong by their kid, um, just normalizing it, you know, and how and talking about it, you know, if the kids at talking age, just saying, yeah, people cry every, you know. Everybody cries, That everybody goes to the bathroom, everybody cries, you know, and rather than making a big deal about it, I think is important. Yeah, I love that you bring that up because, like you said, that's an opportunity for dialogue to have with your child, open dialogue about life, including a broad range of emotions, that it's not we're always going to be happy um, or that, you know, there's something wrong with us if we feel sad or if we feel overwhelmed that, you know, life is a range of emotions and, and that goes for all of us. So I think, you know, you're exactly right. Like let's have those conversations with our adolescents yeah, and, and children in those moments. Nobody has to hide, you know, nobody has to hide um, in pretend something that's not true. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, you don't need to try to change your mood because it doesn't do anybody any good if you're miserable for, you know, days at a time. There are definitely things that, you know, to do to shift that. Um, but opening the dialogue, I think, is a good way of putting it that maybe where you wouldn't have had that before. Because I don't, like I said, that's not really my style. And so this you know, having a pandemic allows for me to emote enough to, you know, be able to talk about that and my kids being able to see me as being, you know, human. Saying that you're human is one thing, showing it's another. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. We're so glad um, that you're working with us, that you're working with parents. And, you know, the only thing that I wish is that we had more parents who were taking 
uh, advantage of the parent group because I just think it's so valuable. Um, and so hopefully this will uh, increase that and parents will find some support. Regardless, I hope that they um, are getting the support that they need and from somewhere and taking it easier on themselves uh, at the same time holding those expectations for their kids who may be able to tolerate more than you know they can imagine that they could. I, I truly believe that about kids, that they can tolerate a whole lot more and rise to the occasion um, than we think that they can sometimes. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. And yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure we'll have you back. Yeah. And parents out there, our group is once a week. It's an hour a day. Um, so it's it's quick. And um, yeah, check it out. If, if you're interested or needing some additional support, we'd love to have you. Okay, the group is held on Zoom because some people still have questions about how we're doing groups during this. And so groups are on Zoom, which is a pretty fun way to do it. And it, it runs very smoothly. It looks like the Brady Bunch on your computer screen and um, it works really well. So, so yeah, so feel free to please um, like us on Instagram and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and all those things. Um, please leave us comments if you have comments about our podcast or any of our posts or any questions that you may have um, or things you'd like us to talk about. And we hope this was of some help to someone somewhere. Have a good day. 